All right, so we are in week three of my series called For the Common Good. Are we enjoying it so far? Yeah, yeah. can I hear Desire the Fire? <laughs> Desire the Fire, that's right. So the first week what we talked about was how the Holy Spirit, once we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. He marks us as children of God. And that's awesome, because once he comes and lives up in you, then you are now a child of God, you are going to heaven, your ticket is punched, there is no revoking it, you are saved, you will experience eternity with Jesus and with God the Father. Simple as that. So that alone, no matter what it is that we're going through in this world, that alone should give you the encouragement you need to keep on moving forward, as we say here at Home Church. And then last week I talked about how we need to desire the fire, right? That is, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, not just to mark us, but as Jesus said to his disciples, go and wait for the promise. Go to the upper room, wait for the promise, and that promise that's going to fall on you is the Holy Spirit. And he had three you wills. He says, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, you will receive my power. And then he said, you will be my witnesses. So that fire that we desire starts with obedience. Starts with the fact that, yep, I want that. That's a free gift. Just like Jesus, the Holy Spirit is a free gift. And once I become a believer of Jesus, then the Holy Spirit, that gift, is also available to me. And my obedience that, that I have says, yes, I want that. And then God pours out his spirit upon me. And the evidence of that, as we talked about last Sunday, is speaking in tongues, right? That tongue thing that we talked about last week. <laughs> Boy, I, that was an amazing experience to see us as a church praying in the Spirit. We saw it biblically in action. We saw there was at least one that received the gift of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Praise God for that. We saw the gifts in operation where there was a tongue and an interpretation very scriptural, done decently and in order, which is something we will talk about next Sunday. I'm getting ahead of myself. But if you remember what we read last week, was that of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. This is the first scripture that I want to remind you of. He said, Paul said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. And we have the knowledge, right? We know now, we, we, we have this baseline knowledge of tongues. We know the gift of faith. We know the gift of healing. We know the gift of miracles. We know prophecy. We know the gift of words of knowledge, words of wisdom. There are nine gifts. We learn about them. And see, what I want you all to know is those are important, but just knowing about them is not enough. Like, it's great that we're informed, amen? But now what we need to do is we need to actually understand why and how to operate in those gifts. And I said last week that it's awesome that we have a relationship with Jesus when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, which also means we have a relationship with God the Father as well. But see, what he does is he entrusts us with his power. And the more that we're closer to him, 
then the more we're going to be used by him in a powerful way. Because God gives out those gifts as he wills. We can't conjure them up. We can't do it in our own strength. God will give it to you as he wills. So the closer we are to him, the more apt he is to use us with those gifts. Does that make sense? So, (laughs) there is so much I want to say that it's just all boom, right up here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. So I ended last week this way, where Paul writes, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And if you remember what I said is the higher gifts are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that is needed for that moment. Like if somebody is standing in front of me and they need healing, and, and that person is, is, is devastated because of a diagnosis or, or their health is just failing, then, then my highest, the highest gift that I earnestly desire is a gift of healing that's going to heal that person and set them free. If that person that I'm, I'm around needs encouragement, then I'm going to be praying and asking God, give me the gift of wisdom or gift of knowledge or, or prophecy that I can speak into that person's life for that situation so that they can keep moving forward. I earnestly desire the highest gift. But then he says the last part of that verse, and I will show you a still more excellent way. What is that excellent way? We're going to get into that in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. I want to do it in that excellent way. I have the Holy Spirit on me. He's filled me. I speak in tongues. That's awesome. And I have the knowledge of the operation of the gifts and what those gifts are. That's great. Well, now, now I've got to deliver. When God gives it to me, and then there's people there that have a need, then now I need to deliver it in this excellent way. And somebody said it out there, it's love. Because God is what? God is love. You will know God if you experience his love. So what we're experiencing right now in this world, and I think it's getting better, I think there's a whole lot less of this, but we as Christians, we're notorious for finger pointing. You're wrong. You don't believe correctly. Your beliefs are unscriptural. We do a lot of finger pointing. And sometimes we do that by showing how holy we are, right? We'll just pray in the spirit and people are looking at you like, what are you doing? There's a lot of things that we do. And sometimes even when we do operate in the gifts that people can see that We're pointing to God, but they don't experience God because nine times out of 10, some of the things I believe that the church is dealing with now is we're not doing it in love. So a lot of the things that people are seeing looking from the outside in, they see us pointing to Jesus, but they don't see us embodying him because we are not doing it in a loving way. Our motivation is to correct, 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 tell them you're wrong, you're wrong. 
Our motivation is, look at me and look how holy I am. Our motivation has nothing to do with love. And this is what I believe God wants to say to you today is, it's great that you're pointing to me, but I need you to be like me and love the people that I'm allowing you to be around. The people that are at work, the people that are at school, the people that you encounter with, just going out into this world. I had an encounter the other day at a, at a car wash that I won't get into right now, but the point being is everywhere we go, Jesus said you need to be the light in the darkness. And, and the way that we do that is not always correct, 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 but the way that we do that is we exhibit the love of God to them. That is so important. So it's great if we have all this knowledge of how to use the gifts. It's great that we even exhibit the gifts, but if it's not done in love, then what we're gonna learn today is it's nothing. Let's pray. Father, I just wanna thank you right now that you calm me down, that you open the ears of these, those people that are here that are watching online so that they can hear and open their hearts to receive. Father, I thank you that as we're learning today about your love and how we are to manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit, Father, I just thank you right now that, um, that this is going to be a part of who we are as the church moving forward. Not just operating in the gifts, but operating in the gifts in love. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I got a new, new car last year, and going back to my car wash that I, I had mentioned, so I took my son, Pastor Elijah, we went to the, a car wash, and he recently got a new car, and we uh, took some time, and we actually went through the car wash, and then me being Mr. OCD, I detailed my car, and I helped him to detail his car. And if you have a black car, you know it's extremely hard to keep clean. Amen? So we're, we're working on that, and, and we spent probably a good two and a half to three hours detailing our cars. And what came to me, and this is, man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can convict, because what I heard was you spend an awful lot of time detailing your car, but do you spend that much time loving on people? He knows what I'm, I'm, I'm getting at here with today's message. He knew, he knew I was going to be preaching this today. And I really feel like what he's saying is we spend an awful lot of time loving something that cannot love us back. Or we put the stipulation in that unless they love me back, I'm not going to love them. Or unless they believe the way that I do, I'm not going to love them. Like, love is so much more than a feeling. Amen? Matter of fact, if we go by feelings, nine times out of ten, we're not going to love people. We're not going to love the people that probably need God's love the most. Because we expect something back from them. But if it's a choice, because it is then you're going to love that person no matter what they can do for you or no matter how much they deserve it or don't deserve it. 
We got to get that, that feeling out of the way. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which I'm going to go through here in a minute, it is nothing about feelings. It's a choice. So Paul, picture this, and I'm going to step on some toes today, but Paul walks into the church at Corinth, and he sees some freaky things. And he's just like, what is going on in here? I need to correct this craziness right now. And that's why we're spending a lot of time. Last Sunday, I almost said yesterday, last Sunday, we went through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We talked about the manifestation of the gifts and what that looks like. And now today we're talking about how it needs to be done in love. And then next week we're talking about how it's supposed to be done decently and in order. And let me tell you something, man, if you've been to a Pentecostal church, if you've been to a charismatic church, more than likely at some point you have seen some things that kind of made you scratch your head and say, that's crazy. And, and I have seen some things that I really don't think are very scriptural. And what I want our church to be is a place, and I'm getting way ahead of myself because I'm going to say this next week, and Paul wrote in chapter 14 that people will come in from the outside and say, God is truly in this place. That's what I want for home church. I don't want somebody to come in here and say, not God is truly in this place, but a bunch of crazy people are truly in this place. Because I think the gifts of the Spirit could be very much misused. I think there is spiritual misuse, which really leads to spiritual abuse in the church today. And so as people are coming in here and they're experiencing God at home church, I want them to experience Him in a very biblical and accurate way and not in the way that we feel. That's why love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. That's why there is something called the fruit of the Spirit of self control. So what is this most excellent way? What is the most excellent way that Paul is talking about? So here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Again, Paul is here lovingly correcting the church at Corinth. There was so much confusion and misuse of the gifts, misuse of tongues that it was getting to the point where nobody was experiencing God's love because everybody was focused on themselves or focused on trying to outdo the other when it came to the gifts operating through them, that it got to a point where it was competitive, it was self-serving, self-focused, selfish, that nobody was able to benefit from it at all. So instead of people experiencing God's love and being transformed, all they were seeing was people pointing to God and pointing to themselves, but they just were not being like Jesus. So here's what Paul says, beginning in verse 1, chapter 13. If you have an ESV translation, you will see a subheading there that says, the way of love. So granted, Paul didn't write this in chapter and verse. This was a letter. But as they translated and they put this into the Bible, I love how he says there's still more, an, ex there's more an excellent way and 
then the subheading says, that way is love. And then here comes Paul, and this is what he says. He says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, in other words, if I'm speaking in the language that you understand, or I am praying in the Spirit and you don't understand, he says, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So I can be inspired by the Holy Spirit to speak something prophetically, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, the speaking gifts, right? And people understand what I'm saying. But if there's no love with that, then really it's exhibitionism. You're putting yourself up on a soapbox and look how God is using me. There's no love. It's like you are a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And what does that do? Have you ever been, have, how many people here have played an instrument in a high school band? And when the notes are off key, or if the drummer hits the cymbal when they weren't supposed to, what do you do? You look at that person in disgust, am I right? And in some cases, that's how we are in the church. Because it's not done with the correct motive. It's not done in love. So like I said, I've seen some weird things in the church. I just have. And, and listen, I'm, I'm very kind of leery, leery of calling some of those things out. But the way, that, the way that I look at it is, if I have, after we go through this series, and something happens, and I have a youth come to me and say, Pastor Jeff, what on earth was that that happened on Sunday? Then I have to check myself, was that scriptural what happened, okay? Was somebody running around the auditorium two or three times? What was that? Okay, was somebody who was slayed in the spirit, which yes, that does happen, but laying there the entire service on the ground? What was that? There's just some things, somebody barking like a dog. Okay, there's some things that I have seen that I'm like, that doesn't seem right. That just does not seem right. Because honestly, is that something that's going to glorify God? Is that something that's going to be done in love? Is that something that's going to bring people to Jesus or something that's going to repel them away from Jesus? Because like I said, if we're operating correctly in the gifts of the Spirit, then the fruit of the Spirit of self-control is part of that. Amen? Just like we can speak in tongues when we want to, and then we can stop speaking in tongues when we want to. There is that thing called self-control. And what I don't want to happen is somebody from the outside coming in and exhibiting or seeing these things and then they wonder, what is going on? And instead of having them come close to Jesus and accepting him, then we're just like a bunch of noisy gongs and clanging cymbals, and they run away. Love of others is the motivation, not self. Verse 2, 
He goes on, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. Last week we talked about how Jesus said to his disciples, you will have power. You will be my witnesses. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Paul is taking this letter and what he's saying is the three nothings, okay? If you're like a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal, you will, you will not attract anything. You will attract nothing. And he's saying here, he's saying here that, that if, if I do all these things but have not love, then I am nothing. Because without love, it's nothing. Without love, it's focused again on self. James said that faith without works is nothing. I would go on to say also that works without love is nothing. My experience has been my experience has been that when I am operating in the love of God towards people, that people are attracted to that. Like, they can read that. I think that's part of the reason why we have a generation, we have several generations, younger generations, that want to have nothing to do with church. Because they can feel it when you don't genuinely love. They sense it. Young people, youth especially, they will sense it immediately that whatever you're doing to them is not done in love. It's not authentic. It's not that you're trying to build them up. Instead, it's coming from a place where you're just, you're just showing off. They can feel it immediately. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Love. <laughs> not just self-control, but, but love. And that love is really... Is, is, is moving forward and reaching people like Jesus would have done that. How does he do that? He had compassion on the sick first, and then he healed them all. That's how they knew he was God. And instead, I think we get so wrapped around with the idea of operating in a gifts, operating in the gifts, but we don't sit and marinate on the fact that we're supposed to love like Jesus. That should be the first thing that we pray about is, Lord, use me to love those people that are around me. And then, give me the gift. So love, the fruit of the Spirit, love for this instance is that we don't just operate in the gift, but we operate in love before the gift. We operate in love while the gift is going out, and we operate in love following up on that gift. It's not just about that moment. There is prayer before that moment. There is love right there at the moment. And then there is a follow-up for that person after the gift is delivered. He goes on to verse 3. Paul says, If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, here's the other nothing, I gain nothing. 
How many of you want gains? You go to the gym, you want gains. You're dieting, don't really want gains, do you? (laughs) You're dating, and you want that woman to be your wife, yeah, you want gains. Gains is where it's at. And in the kingdom of God, gains has nothing to do with us personally. It has everything to do with what we're doing for God to gain for his kingdom. So what what Paul is saying here is, if I deliver up my body to be burned at the stake, in other words, I could be a martyr for Jesus, but I'm doing it out of thinking about me and all the rewards I'm going to get in heaven and not about how I'm, I'm, I'm there to, to love on the people, that my martyrdom is because I loved people, then I gain absolutely nothing. You know, we know, maybe you don't, but I will say this, that when we are judged as believers, when we are judged as believers, we're gonna stand before Jesus and he is going to judge our works. And the ones that are not done in love, they will be burned up. You'll get no credit for. So Paul is right. You will gain nothing. I actually went and looked up what it was meant to be burned at the stake. And let me tell you something. There are some gruesome things out there, some accounts of of people that have been burned at the stake in the Middle Ages. And it's gruesome. It's a spectacle. It draws attention for a moment. And then when it's all said and done, that moment is forgotten. It was so horrifying, it was so bad, that people just dropped it. There were no gains. That's exactly what operating in the Holy Spirit is like without love, is for a moment people notice it, and then they forget about it. Because it did not impact them. Because it was not done in love. I want gains I don't want my, my operating in the gifts to be just a spectacle with no gain. So what we need to ask ourselves is before we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, I think one of the first things we should ask ourselves is, is this going to attract people to Jesus? Is this going to be something that I'm doing in love? Or is this because I just want to operate in the gifts? Because if it's that, then there's not going to be any gains. So, I know I spent some time talking about us being selfish and not operating in love. But I think there's a second component to what we need to have happen here at the church and outside these four walls is God gives you the gift and you know it. He's primed you but then you decide not to move forward and actually give it out. So we have people that are exhibitionists, as Paul would call them, and then we have people that are empowered with those gifts, and they do nothing with them. And I think we've all been there, and I've even talked about this a couple weeks ago, where you're in public and God gives you that, that unction from the Holy Spirit to go reach that person, maybe give them a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, a prophetic words, something, a healing touch. And we argue in our heads, nope, I'm not going to do it. 
this is not right because I'm afraid that person won't accept the gift. I'm afraid the person will think I'm weird. Whatever it is, see, if you do it in love, they're not going to think you're weird. Now, I'm going to show off a little bit. Somebody in our congregation, Daryl, I hope you don't mind if I say this, but Daryl shared with me something this morning. He was at Walmart. He felt led to go up to this woman, and he engaged her. This woman was talking about how her husband had just had her, his wisdom teeth pulled out. And so Daryl talked a little, little about the pain that, that he was experiencing and said, listen, if you just put your, your fingers on those areas and just pray, even if you took some oil and anointed his, those areas with oil and just prayed, then I believe in Jesus' name, that pain will be gone. And, and this, this woman was just like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and they, they walked back all the way to the register and, and Daryl just, just prayed for her and, and she felt encouraged to go home and actually go through with that. And I'm interested, I wish we could find out what would happen. But see, his motivation was not to just to be used. His motivation was not just to show that he was some man of God. No, his motivation was because he actually loved that person. And see, I'm going to talk about here in a minute what that love is like because I think we get, get it wrong a lot. So what is that love like? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, continuing in verse 4, love is patient. It's patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This love exemplifies Jesus. This love is defining God's love. This love is agape love. Love that is given that is not deserved. Love that is unmerited. Love is, that no matter what that person is doing to you, i.e. like Jesus being nailed to a cross, still freely given. And exemplifies all these characteristics, being patient, being kind, doesn't envy not boastful, not arrogant, not rude. It's not insist in its own way. I think that's the church today. We insist in our own way. It's not irritable or resentful. We don't rejoice in wrongdoing or sin. We, we actually mourn when that happens. But we rejoice with truth. That's God's word. We, we bear everything. We believe all things. We hope all things. And this is about people. Like we want the best for them. We want them to live a full life by following Jesus. And so we're patient and we bear with them until they come to that saving knowledge. We endure all things for the sake of the gospel. This is the kind of love that we need to show to the people that are around us. Because every one of them don't deserve it. Just like you and me, we don't deserve it. Therefore, we have no right in saying in our hearts or in our minds, you don't deserve God's love, so I am not going to reach you for Jesus. Or I'm not going to pray for you. And sometimes that's our excuse for not operating in the gifts. It's because we don't feel like they deserve it. 
And here's the reason why. Verse 8. The reason why we operate in love, because love never ends. It never ends. He said, for prophecies, they will pass away. It's for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will also pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So this is a perfect passage to tell you and me and everybody watching online that the gifts of the Spirit have not passed away. They are still for today. When the perfect comes is when Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom. When that happens, there'll be no need for prophecy. There'll be no need to speak in tongues anymore with an interpretation. There'll be no need for these gifts to operate anymore because we're going to be with the perfect when he comes. That is when these gifts cease. So for all those that are out there saying, this is not for today, well, here you go. Here's the proof that they are for today. I believe the reason why there are some theologians and there is some religious belief systems out there that say they have ceased when the early church began is because it has gone to the point where people are not operating in the right motive. They are weird and it's pushing people away to where this is what they say is it has ceased for today. Like I said last Sunday, there was a church that I went to years ago that said, we're not going to allow the gifts to operate. Translation, we just want to stop the weird because all it's doing is pushing people away. But what I'm telling you today is if it's done in love and it's done correctly according to what the Bible says, then it's not going to push people away. And that's why I'm saying I'm not going to, as I, if I could stop God from moving in church, stop the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. But what I'm asking is, as we are learning together, as we are walking through, and we still have next week to get through, that we do it in love and correctly. That's what I'm asking. Paul says, basically, if you understand it this way, he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see it in mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. In other words, when the perfect comes, when Jesus comes back, then now I'm a full-grown man or woman. I am now fully known by him, and I fully know him. That my childish ways, these gifts, will no longer be needed because we are fully known. So Paul ends the chapter. He says this, and now faith, hope, and love abide. These three. Faith, hope, and love. That, those are the foundations of Christianity. Faith. Without faith, we can't please God. And we have faith in him and in his word. That brings us hope. And then out of that, hopefully, allows us to operate in love. And what Paul is saying is, 
The greatest of these is love. Why? Because love is eternal. Love will never, ever pass away because God is love. So starting next, next week, we're going to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and this is what Paul says. He says the very first thing out of the gate. He says, pursue love. Pursue it. Why? Because that's the reason why we do anything. Pursue love. Then earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Am I resonating with you all today? There are people in this church that are going through stuff right now. Every one of us has an idea of somebody in here that's going through something. And love says, I want to stand with that person. I want God to use me to help deliver that person. I can't do it. I need God to work through me by the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. And that process begins with, okay, so somebody in this church said, I have a need. And, and our reaction to that is what? Nine times out of ten, it's, I'll put you on my prayer list. Instead, love would say, pray for them right then and there. Love would say, Love would say, not just pray for them right then and there, but if, if somehow God does not operate through you and, and heals that person or whatever it is that they need, then love would say, beyond that, I'm going to continue to pray for them and I'm going to ask for that specific gift. And then when I come back and I see them or if I see them during the week or if it's really, I need, do I need a microphone? Thank you. Love would say that I would continue to pray for them, because that's love. Continue to pray for them and ask for that gift, that manifestation of healing or whatever it is that you're, you're wanting for, for that person. So how do we do this? Last thing I'm going to get into, Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion, love on them. And then he healed their sick. The time that you have with Jesus, that amount of time is going to determine how much you're going to be used. And I would love to say that there is some great practical application to this. There's really not. Next month, I'm going to talk about being fruitful for God's kingdom. I'm going to really get into that because I think, again, we, there's a process that we think there's a process that there is in, in, in reaching people for Jesus and really there's, there's not a whole lot of process. The more that you experience God as love, because he is love, then the more he's going to rub off on you, right? If you ever spend time with somebody, the more time you spend with that person, 
the more they begin to influence and rub off on you. It's the same thing with this. The more I spend time on the Word, the more that I pray, the more that I take 10 minutes and just silent myself and be still before Jesus and ask Him to speak to me, ask for His presence, the more that I am focused on Him, the more that I am not focused on me or my circumstances or myself, then the more that I'm going to be used by God to impact people. And that love will rub off on me, and that love will come off on the people that I'm around, the people that I need to reach. John 13, verse 35, Jesus said this, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If there's anything that you take away from today, it's simply this. Love is compassion and gifts in action regardless of the person or the location. Doesn't matter what that person is like, we're called to love them. Doesn't matter where you are, when God directs you, still operate in love and reach that person for Jesus. Everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody that comes to church that genuinely wants to be used by God wants to be used by Him. But it's not about what you know. It's about what you do and how you love. Everybody would please stand. So, what I feel like today, what we're going to do is, I just want us as a church, again, to begin praying in the Spirit. If there's somebody in here that's never prayed in tongues, again, what I explain to you is that receiving the power of the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. He is a gift. And the evidence of that gift is being able to pray in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And I think for some of us, it's a mental block. It's just a mental block. And what God is telling you, like I said last Sunday about me, is get that mental block out of the way. And the way that you do that is you take a step of faith. And that step of faith is actually moving your mouth and saying a few syllables. And what's going to happen is God is just going to flood you with his presence. I promise you, you may feel him, you may not. But as you are praying in the spirit, as you are attempting to do that for the first time, I promise you that prayer language become more proficient. And that prayer language will help to build yourself up for the purpose of building up the church and those that are around you. So right now with everybody's hands up, let's pray in the spirit. If you're that person 
and you're hearing, you're hearing in your head, this is not for you, this is crazy, you can't do this, that's a lie, that's the devil, that's not true, you can. It's meant for today. Open your mouth and listen to those around you and just start belting it out. You can. Somebody has a word. Go ahead. Today, you received the gift of the Holy Spirit and you spoke in tongues, then what I'm going to ask you to do is we have some prayer team members along the back of the wall and they would love to meet with you so that way they can help explain a little bit further what happened. Maybe you received the gift of the Spirit today, but you didn't speak in tongues. They would also love to guide and direct you lovingly into doing that or maybe today you haven't taken your first step and that is to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior if that's you today and you've never done that you can't remember a time when you've asked him to be the Lord of your life then I'm asking you to raise your hand today raise your hand and receive him as Lord and Savior all across the room if there's anybody there's somebody that's watching online and that's you and I know it's a little bit of a process but make a comment in the comment section and we'd be happy to pray for you Father, I just want to thank you so much for everybody that's in here. Father, I thank you for this church. I know that everybody that's in this room, I know that they do love you, and I know they love the people of our church. Father, I know that this morning was more of a review for a lot of us. But I'm asking you today that as we are understanding and learning about people's trials and tribulations and the challenges that people are going through as we are learning about the challenges of this church father i ask that you give us the desire to operate in love let that be our motivation let that be our foundation like it is yours the whole reason why you sent jesus to be with us father to die for us to resurrect for us to eventually come back for us 
That motivation is love. Help us to understand what that is. And then we ask for the gift specifically needed for people that you've placed on our hearts, Father. Father, we just thank you so much for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.